college football fans. Welcome back to the College Ball Show. He's Marshall, I'm Chris, and we're here to talk some good old college football on the College Ball Show. And man, man, almighty, I hope at least for a day, maybe even a few days, all the way to the national championship, that some media members could just shut the F up and enjoy what's happening. Um, we get it. There's issues, uh, you know, with the transfer portal, with, uh, you know, the New Year's Six, right, with all the, the opouts and stuff like that. That's probably going to improve. But, man, I mean, style-wise, both of these games were opposite style-wise, as we know. They played out to a T like that. We're going to start with uh, Michigan and Bama. The overtime game, Michigan down in the game late, which is something they haven't said all year, really. Uh, they've been down a couple times, but not for long. Um, so, yeah, that that was a great little comeback there. And then, you know, scoring right away. And, 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 and you know, we're going to talk about the final play call. There was a bunch of timeouts before it happened. Obviously, no matter what the play call was, whether it was just a, a straight sneak or a run, you know, RPO or whatever, um, the snaps. I mean, that snap, but just probably eight of them, maybe more. Uh, and, and Bama has had that issue. We'll get into that as well, but that, that really hurt it in general. But what a freaking game. And then up and down they go 21-21. At half, uh, Washington, you know, looks like they have enough separation in a shootout-type game where they could keep scoring. And then it got weird, really weird at the end. In fact, you know, a coach who's had a damn good run um, definitely didn't make the right call uh, near the end. Should have taken a knee. Um, we've seen this from time to time. Is it going to run out of the clock 100%? No, but... 80 yards in 15 seconds is is tougher than what <laughs> anyway we'll we'll get into some more details but that was phenomenal obviously we got to break down Michigan against Washington next Monday um for the whole marbles and you know don't get me wrong if Washington wins the Pac-12 will get the credit for it obviously right this is the Pac-12 but this really is a Big 10 uh matchup here and the SEC's just got to be hating it. The old school, uh, you know, West Coast Big Ten, Pac-12 Big Ten matchup in the Rose Bowl, basically, right? Um, that's what we used to always see, that matchup come bowl season. But um, it is a little refreshing. Uh, you know, I love me some SEC football. We know they're the best conference, all that stuff. But, man, it is kind of fun to get some new blood in there. If this is your first time listening to the College Ball Show, welcome. It streams live right here on blogtalkradio.com forward slash Rope It Over Radio. You don't have to go to Blog Talk and Rope It Over, but download the show directly there. You can find this here College Ball Show under Rope It Over Radio at Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Player FM, Google Podcasts. Make sure you uh, download the podcast app, um, PodBay, PodBean, PodTail. It's all over the place. Um, it just, just had, you know, Google rope and dope in college ball show. While you're at it, why don't you head on over to the grueling and sports news 24. One more thing about 
DirecTV stream, catch the college football national championship game, and save up to $64.99 when you sign up for DirecTV stream. The rivalries, the big plays, unforgettable victories come alive with DirecTV stream. For two months, the special's still going on. $69.98 a month for two months. You save 50 bucks when you get that entertainment package and DirecTV Sports back. That's direct TV stream. Okay. Let's go ahead and bring in my co-host, Marshall. Marshall, man, you know, we can talk about, hey, these look like great matchups on paper and and all that stuff, right? Um, I'll say the, er, the, you know, the early part um, when there was a muff punt and they had a long run, touchdown run, seven zip, you're like, man, Bama's coming out. And, and the flip side, Washington just kind of moved the ball pretty, you know, like it was like, wow, these, this is, uh, man, the other team better score here and score they did in both of them. Uh, but, you know, we thought it was equally matched. I think, what, a point and a half, two points tops uh, for the Michigan Bama, and then four points, three and a half points. I didn't really see any four and a halfs late uh, for, you know, Washington as the underdog, but, um, Man, almighty, we could talk about it, but then when you actually get it, it's like, like I said, hopefully some of these dudes are starting to shut the F up because uh, you're going to miss what's happening right in front of your eyes. These back-to-back semifinal games now have been super entertaining, and that's a lot of this is a direct thing of the transfer portal in the NIL as, as, as much as – we, there is some issues we can fix. Um, that was a phenomenal Monday night, my friend. It really was. Um, unless you bet Bama, God Almighty, God Almighty. Uh, but anyway, <laughs> I and I told myself on. Hey, the remember, I, I did bet Bama as a last resort because of my plus one ninety for Michigan after Ohio State. So I said, all right, I'm going to go a little bit more, try to make some of the, you know, my big win is obviously Michigan yeah. to win it all. But I technically did bet Bama, too. And I told myself on the podcast, hey, bet the over. And, of course, they had an overtime. And I, I just, all right, moving on. I, I don't want to get therapeutic. <laughs> but Hey, they were good. Remember, we were debating that over under. And, man, Vegas right there. I, I know. I know. Um Man, oh, man, what a football game. I, I, uh, I mean, from the start of the game, Obviously, the first play of the game, you're looking like, oh, my God, this quarterback threw a hideous pick. Um, it looked like it, it, from a Bama JJ side. JJ like, semifinals I, is back. You I, know? I, I, thought, I thought his heel was off the ground, but it wasn't. So, But nonetheless, you know, like you said, Bama got off to a good start. But one of the, the biggest things of the first half really was how poorly Alabama's offensive line played. And, like, you, you normally don't talk about that for a, a national championship or semifinal game, but – Whatever blitzes Michigan was dialing up, Bama's old line looked like they'd never seen like blitz formations before. Um, I thought they did a better job of correcting that in the second half, but there were so many plays where I, I, I think, if I remember right, at halftime, they said there was uh, 13 drop back passes for Bama in the first half, and he had like um, eight rushes and got hit like five times. So it's really hard, and you'll see that sometimes like in NFL games too, Chris, where it's like, the, the the D line controls the game, and it makes playing it makes your play calling very difficult because if you know you're going to drop back and your quarterback's going to have a guy on him, it's hard to pass. 
And if you're losing the line of scrimmage, it's also really hard to run. So it kind of puts you in a weird spot. And obviously Nick Saban and his crew did make adjustments because in the second half, I thought Bama's O-line not counting the center snapping the ball protected Milroy so much better. But for the first half of that game where Bama kind of had a chance to sneak out a little bit, um, they, they couldn't because they couldn't pass block. Yet on the other hand, Michigan's offense coordinator called a better game because whether it was for the big play touchdowns or in overtime, the misdirection of having Bama's linebackers trying to pick up people running across the field was never diagnosed. So on my prediction of, hey, I think Bama has a better coach, I still obviously believe um, Nick Saban is a better coach than Jim Harbaugh. But for that day, with the mistakes they had and some of the fine-tuned adjustments of coordinators versus coordinators, I, I hate to say it, but I got to tip the cap to Michigan. Their their offensive game plan and their defensive game plan, especially in the first half, man, that was a, a check mark for Michigan. And I would not have predicted that on our show. I would have that that also just surprised me, brother. It really did. Yeah, and it was it was early and often too, like you said, with that pressure. And to be fair, their offensive line, Alabama's, hasn't been. That offensive line we're used to, and now it's two seasons True. in a row. Uh, so we did know that. And the center, you know, we did know he's got a little issues here and there. But to your point, six sacks, five of them in the first half, and ten tackles for loss. Jesus. Um, and, and on the flip side, one sack, one tackle for loss on Bama. Um, so you're right. Um, they, they did switch it up. They kind of had – Still have the old school vibe to it, right? Because that's what Michigan does. Um, but with the new school stuff, having two, you know, shotgun formation, having two backs in the backfield, and having Wilson going in motion behind these guys, and it's a run play to the right. You know, like uh, just these little, like you said, the crossing routes. If you look at, you know, the 12 personnel was big for them all year and has been for a while. Um but they went with 11 personnel as well. You know, always having those two tight ends out there, sometimes three. Um, and they do a lot of motion with those tight ends, just in general. A lot of stuff happening before the ball is snapped. But they, if you look at the first 26 plays, right, out of their 12 personnel, eight for 35. Bama was ready for that because that's what they normally run. Out of the 11 personnel, 18 plays. 119 yards, two touchdowns. So you're right. They definitely, uh, you know, said we got to switch it up. We got to do some tweaks. And, you know, McCarthy came out rough, not just on that pick, but overall he didn't have his best game, that's for sure. Um, He missed probably – well, first of all, the pick, he should have thrown the ball way earlier. looked like he was trying to throw it away by the time he threw it. Um, But he missed – you know, high, low, he missed probably about four to five passes, so he didn't play his best game, maybe four passes. Didn't play his best game. Obviously, special teams was really rough uh, for Michigan in general. You know, even coming down to the mixed extra point, I felt like I was watching the Vikings there for a second because it's like, dude, <laughs> you mean to tell me they could be up by a point right now? And the second it happened, you knew. You knew it was happening. You knew it was going to come back. And it didn't ultimately haunt them. But it could have, obviously. And the thing about Bama in that third quarter, to your point, they started running Milroy more. They started to kind of move the ball more. And this year, 
They were top 10, I think, eighth in third quarter margin, plus 69 coming in. They had outscored opponents 120 to 51 in the third quarter. So that's, and we've talked about it at half when, you know, they've looked okay, decent or whatever. Um, but then, you know, tightened up and went out and it kind of looked that way. You know, it did look like that way the third quarter. I think they only got like, Third quarter and a good chunk of the fourth quarter, they only had like 41 or 51 yards, Michigan. They had shut them down, making it look like all these three and outs and, you know, getting to the quarterback a little more anywhere, at least putting pressure on them. So there was a six and out, three and out, three and out. They had a drive after that fumble. Um, this is 17 to 13 after the touchdown. They had, they got the fumble, but then they missed the field goal. Um, and they had some, you know, mental errors on that little mini drive that they had there. Um, but, you know, when push came to shove, you know, with about, well, uh, I think under four minutes, they put together a drive, eight plays, 75 yards to tie the game. Um, and, you know, this is something that a lot of uh, question marks were, can they come behind with that offense in the closing part of the game? And that definitely, you know, got solved. But credit to Bama, Bama and the quarterback and everybody for paying just better in that third, probably third quarter, all the way to five minutes left. They were the better team then. Overall, I thought Michigan was the better team on the field because that wasn't even Michigan's best game. Um, and I'm not saying Bama's best game per se, but what they were doing, you know, they couldn't run the ball all that well beyond that big run they had for the touchdown right away, which I thought was scary. Like, wow, that's how they're going to score on, like, a 30-yard touchdown? Oh, boy, this could get ugly when that when that first happened. But Milroy adding, you know, his legs and some of the great things he can do in the pass and in the run, but 87 yards from him, 14 carries, um, that put him over. You know, that definitely helped them to get that rushing yards over a buck seventy two. So that was big. Otherwise, you know, uh I'm sorry, twenty one of sixty three. He actually had more carries than McLean. Mc, uh McLean he had a good game, uh fourteen eighty seven, two and but six point two a clip. Um but yeah, man, that you know, down the stretch, they got the job done, they tied it up, and um, you know, some really good plays by the wide receivers as well running down that sidelines, getting there. Um, it looked like, is he going to go out of – no, he, he actually got further inbounds than going out of bounds. So that was phenomenal. And then OT, you know, I mean, Blake Corum, that cut he had. Um, I, I heard a couple people are already talking about his draft and where he's going to go. And, dude, we're in college, <laughs> you know. We're in college, dude. Let's not worry about where these guys are going to go or is, does he have the explosiveness – the dude's got the vision. He's hard-nosed, literally hard-nosed. He broke his nose in that Big Ten game. Um, great cut, great vision. Uh, they just scheme more people open in general and scheme bigger plays. They needed to be more explosive than they had been, and they had shown. You could tell they were holding stuff back sometimes. We, we d- debated that during the year, especially when, the, you know, they're later in the season, and like, man, you know, you got. It's one thing to do it in practice. One thing to do it in ball practice. You can get some uh, live scrimmage, stim, you know, kind of simulator stuff. But you want to do it in in the game. And uh, 
you know, obviously we'll talk about the final drive that Bama had and then the last play too. Yeah, um, the that fumble Milroy had that you referenced in the third quarter was so big. Like I, I really thought that if they'd scored there, that game might have been done because they or not, but it Agreed. they would have had they would have had a big hold better, in the game. Yeah. And it it was it was non, it was like in tennis, like it was an unforced error. Like dude, you were running, you you kind of had to juke and pivot. He kind of lost his balance, but there was no one near him. And you you literally give the ball away at midfield. Um, but you got to switch it to the to the left hand too, instead of having it near the defender. Yeah, and and that really kind of sunk momentum in that. And then and then to have another drive killed by two horrendous snaps again, where you're moving. So like they they Bama, we said made the halftime adjustments, which they've done all year. They they showed why their coaching staff, to what I thought was the superior staff for that third quarter, but the unforced uh, snaps and then the fumble. And that those are backbreakers, and but even with all that happening, um, he Alabama even had the ball with like ninety seconds to go to go down and march down the field for a game winning field goal, and they they couldn't do right. that. And they and started then, moving it early, and then it kind of shut down. Yeah, and then they almost had, which would have been a hell of a way to win a bet for me. Which if that ball bounces one more step further. That is a walk-off safety. I would have lost my damn mind. But, man, that was close. Yeah, that, that Michigan guy mucked that right. punt. And, and he, the, the Bama boys were busting their ass down there. If that ball bounces one more angle to the left or bounces off shoulder pad to the right, if that ball bounces the other way or slightly further, that is a walk-off safety, maybe Bama's ball. And the part that killed me, obviously, for my bet was – and I wasn't really paying attention, but the fact that I when did Bama use those first two timeouts in the second half? Because damn, like those were man, did you waste those? Because Michigan had the three timeouts left; they done their part. But when when Michigan muffed the punt, was on the one yard. I'm like, oh, you you could force the punt here and get the ball back, but they only had yeah, one I remember timeout. One so. was on defense, if I remember correctly. They didn't like something on the third oh. down or something like okay. that. But yeah, okay. you're right; that did play into it. But and again, that's coaching preparation, you know, because it's like that. If 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 Bama had had the three timeouts to go, then if you're Michigan, you're in a weird spot. You have the ball on your one yard line, forty seconds to go. Like you can't really, you know. So, but unfortunately, it didn't happen. But man, that would have been so crazy, Chris, for such a brilliant played game to finish with a walk off safety. But you know, oh, oh well, that did not happen. Um, now, and and being a Bama fan, I really for that game, I really did feel that as win overtime, I I felt pretty poor. I, I didn't feel good because Bama had been making Michigan. They, Bama had won the field position game in the second half. Yeah, that really defensively, was killing. the kicking and punting for Bama compared to usually a strong special teams from Michigan. That 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 was like the strongest part on Walls. Yeah, but the fact that um, when when Michigan needed like short yardage, they'd been killing them. So I was like, man, like that, you know, this ain't NFL. Like you gotta, you only gotta march twenty five yards, and it showed because Michigan moved the ball relent, relentlessly. And then you know, so they got their touchdown pretty easily in overtime. But then Bama, Bama actually had a couple of nice quarterback runs. But then he tried the the run up the middle on second down, which didn't make much sense. He had, I mean, it was just, Bama's offensive play calls in overtime really kind of had me shaking my head because you get first, you get first and goal from the nine. You try to dive. I believe the, the last, uh, the, the last play of the game was supposed to be an RPO, but it was a bad snap. Like it was just kind of a, a combination of just that offense had their glimpses, had their mistakes. 
And great yeah, tackle I, on Burton too. Great yeah. tackle from the Michigan corner because that he could have maybe got in right there. That was their best play to get in, probably. You're right. You're right. And then obviously when you see the last play of the game go live, it looks like was that a quarterback sneak? But right. It, but obviously it was a low snap. But it just the, again the play was out of rhythm due to a poor snap. So. Uh, up until up until the last two minutes of the game, it's kind of like this is Bama's game. But like you said, Michigan had that nice long drive. They were smart with the ball. They did their little motions and like people slipping out the back end, which killed Bama's linebackers the whole game. And I'll tip the cap. I honestly, I was pissed. I lost my bet. But hey, you, Michigan, you made less big mistakes. Like I, I think the um, the press conference line I saw from Saban was, "Man, we shot ourselves in the foot a lot," and they did. But as I told a, a coworker, Chris, that's something Bama normally doesn't do. Like, they normally don't right. have a game where it's like, damn, like, guys, we really – obviously, in any football game, every team makes a mistake. But there was a lot of huge mistakes, and Bama had more big mistakes than Michigan. Because Michigan special teams, oh, they, they were scary. But well, I was going to say, yeah, I mean, if you look at big mistakes, it's almost like they made the big ones. But there was a bunch of minor ones yeah. that added up on Alabama right. because of those snaps, mostly. Um, That's a good way to put it. They've been said uh, on the final play, we called three plays. One they called a timeout, one we called a timeout, and the last one didn't work. Uh, the fact that it didn't work made it a really bad play, you know what I mean? But we, we called a timeout because we had a bad look. We had a good look on the first one. They must have known it. Well, then it becomes a chess match. You're right. So, hey, <clears throat> Michigan survived. Um, you know, and Vegas said that over-under was spot on. Uh, they, it hey, it really Vegas favored was. the right team. I mean, Vegas had Michigan minus two and a half, minus two. And, a lot, yep. I, again, a lot, me and my best friend were like, dude, it just – we're like, well, if Michigan, if Bama wins, we don't bet Bama. It'd feel weird. So, hey, that that was a that was a good one. That was a fun one. And, and I, that, that Michigan really defense, dude, that Michigan defense is legit because it's it's now gone up against a, a, a you know two different you could probably say now two different styles of uh, teams and offenses. Um, and really, the last two years because a lot of guys, especially in the secondary, I think four out of their five guys that play the most. Came, you know, are back this year. Um, so yeah, man. But let's let's move on to the. I'll let you start with the the Washington Texas, my friend. And for that one, um, again, as we said, uh, and may, and maybe the line should have been impacted more. But you were going to get a healthier version of Penix and all of his boys, his wide receiving dogs. They were all out there like that. I mean. I just had to check again on my scores app this the, before we started the show. Like 410, 420 yards passing. Like, dude, that was the offense at the start of the year that people were like, damn, like this offense is good. But they were kind of whooping up. I know they whooped up on, like, Michigan State. Um, God, their team, they, they were beat up on some, like, Boise State, they beat, they beat as well. Yeah. Boise State oh, was they, decent this year, though. They just had a late true. run. That's all. But that I, I remember I actually watched that Boise State game, and they put on an air show. Like, dude, so, again, we, and I remember when we previewed it last week, my friend, it was like, if Penix is healthy and all of his boys are healthy, like, this guy's going to put on a show. And, and Chris, he, he, dude, if you're throwing for 400-some-odd yards, and they still, also, they ran for 100. They did it. That's not glamorous, but 
you ran the ball just enough effectively, Chris, just enough to make the defense stay a little bit honest. And if, again, if you can rush the ball for a hundred yards in a college football game, that, that's still a successful, but you see, so you, you keep the defense in line. You throw for 430. <laughs> yeah. So I just hats off to Penix, man. Uh, a guy that I forgot to transfer to Washington, which my co-host reminded me of the first show of the year. Because I was like, dude, why is Mitt, why is Washington ranked so high? You well, know, at like, least you said it off off the show. You know what I mean? Yeah, we yeah, yeah. Court yet? Yeah. So I had but, to remind dude, you of last year. And then and then I was like, then I, then I was kind of fell in love with the team all year. So I'm, I'm and I'm happy they beat horns down. But what a performance by Penix! I, I, I some people are speculating like, what's he going to be in the NFL? Who knows? But he he has the arm to make all the throws, and he put on a good show on a big stage. So. Um, and uh, Duenze, I believe, had 110 yards. Polk had like 104. McMillan, who some people think is their best receiver, had 56. So <clears throat> I think it's a point that I'll throw it to you, my friend. It, it's one thing culturable to have like one stud receiver like Marvin Harrison, who probably maybe is an NFL-wise better than all four of these guys collectively. But to have four wide receivers, I'm not saying all the Washington wide receivers are going to NFL, but I think at least two are. To, have, to be four deep, that's, that's such a headache for a defense. Like, yes, Texas was in the Big 12 this year, and they play, like, some offensive-based teams. But when you legit have, like, four number 1A, 1B wide receivers, and you have a quarterback that can sling it, what what is your plan? Like, that is really hard to scheme against. And against quarterback got healthy. So I'm happy with Penix. They've had, they had their almost meltdown the second half of the year where they almost blew a lot of games, Chris. But uh, they showed up. They showed out. And uh, Penix had himself a nice game. And if you're Michigan, you had a week now to prep. Like, obviously, they're, Washington's going to have to – bow up against Michigan, but you got four legit receivers and a healthy quarterback. That is a scary team to face in college football, my friend. Yeah, it's the fourth best uh, CFP game. Um, Burrow has two of them, one in the national championship, one in the semi, 493 in the semi against Oklahoma, 463 against Clemson, and then uh, Mac Jones against Ohio State in the Natty 2020. Um Four four sixty four. So yeah, it's the it's the third best. Um, but it, I mean, you know, it it literally was dime after dime after dime after dime. I mean, the deep ball accuracy is just ridiculous. The pocket presence, the little maneuverable stuff he does to keep a play alive, doesn't have to scramble way out on the outside too much. Now we'll see, you'll probably have to do that a little bit more, you know, as a pro. But I mean. And he still can run. It just, you know, yeah. he's in a different system. And the injuries. You know, he probably doesn't want to run a whole lot, obviously. Um, so, you know, the dude's a stud. Kind of knew that going in. He superseded, you know, any expectation. Washington now has won 21 in a row. Longest act, excuse me, active streak. And it really came down to that third quarter. If you look at the third quarter, um, 157 to 34, Washington outgained them in the fourth quarter, uh, up until pretty late. It was 130, like well into the third quarter, it was 137 to negative one in favor of Texas because they made that run back. At half though, uh, you know, it was kind of a mixed run pass, 116 on the ground, um, for, for, uh, for Texas, 255 through the air. But like you said, 50 yards still at half, and they ended up with a little over 100. Six penalties at half, and penalties were an issue as well, I would say. But those two fumbles were key. When you come out like that, 
you know, it's 21 to 21. Um, you're going back and forth. They get a touchdown. You fumble. They got a field goal out of it. They stopped you, and then they got another field goal, and and, and then you fumbled, and and you know that was a moment where they could have put it away right there, uh, but they they had four plays, fifteen yards, and they were out. Um, so to be able to come back at a touchdown, didn't get that touchdown when they needed it. They had to kick the field goal. That obviously turned it into well a mess, really. Um, if we're being honest, this coach is a stud. Uh, but he fucked up here because you should have needed it. It was like 80 yards, fit right around 80 yards, 15 seconds is probably what it would have been. Instead, you go three plays, no yards, three plays in 24 seconds. Now, um, I believe Johnson did get hurt in this round, but there was no point. You should have just needed it. You should have needed it right there. Um, it is what it is, though. We see this across college football all the time. And, you know, you can say you should have done this, should have done that, but, you know, you're also, I don't know. I I don't I don't know if you could really say, oh, you got the studs, just do it, and you could end the game. It's like, yeah, but 15 seconds is, you know, I, I don't know. It's different than 45 seconds. Let's put it that way, um, with 58 yards to go. Now, um, so I, when it comes, go ahead, go ahead. I, I was I was listening to uh, well, KFAN or, or Minneapolis station, and that they had the Gophers guy, and he made the point of. Um, is, is do you do you have any issues with that rule about the 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 like the the injury timeout? Then you only get like the, the, the and the clock stops and you can choose like ten second runoff. Because his point was, well, what if if you know this is the rule? What is keeping a team from who's trying to come back and win a game with not a lot of time left of having a player wide receiver like go down and fake an injury? Because then like okay, the defense might choose to have like ten seconds throughout the clock, but that kind of was an important part of the game. So like. And, and I'm, obviously, I know most people don't want to just take injuries for the hell of it. But for that time in the situation, no, you do actually see it in the NFL a lot. Yeah, so uh, people, I just, you know, they're just like, "Hey, stay down," you know. Yeah, um, and with yeah, I mean, it, I don't know. The point is, it's a rule, though. So you know, it true. is what it is. But yeah, I, I guess hear we just you. haven't it's, seen it used debatable. as often. Yeah, I, yeah, you don't see I, it as much. You see it more in the pros. True. Um, I, but yeah, I, I, yeah. But I, I, I guess if, if you were trailing in a game, you could fake an injury, and then you, okay, the defense probably going to choose to have 10 seconds off the clock, but you just saved yourself, you know, could be 20 to 30 seconds. I don't know. I just, I, I guess you normally don't see a situation like that happen in a big game like that. But, um, yeah, but as you know, Chris, hey, college coaches, man, they, they sometimes they make some crazy decisions, <laughs> but it yeah. turned out to just be, uh, well, it, it was, not too crazy. They were able to hold on to that victory, but that that would have been a a painful loss if if Washington yes. blows that. Oh, that one would have stung bad, brother. Because I mean, it should be done when you basically done when you get the onside kick. Sure, you, you're right, hundred percent. Um, and you know, credit Washington defense for not let them score a touchdown there. Obviously, <laughs> then they would have just need a field goal. They probably yep. would have been able to win the game. Uh, well, they would have. Um, but 36-20 to 23-40 was the time of possession. 10-5 uh, to 5 when it comes to those penalties we talked about. 2-1, to 1, the turnovers were key. Um, neither neither team could really do much on third down. 3-11 third and, and 11 for Washington, 4-11. and 11. Now, 1-2 of two on fourth down, there was a key fourth down there. And we know about key fourth downs with Washington because uh, they had one of the biggest ballsy call uh, you know, against Washington State there. But, um, 
When it comes down to it, though, okay, first of all, the um, I, I completely hated the, the – you had about three plays, right? You completed – so you had that big bomb 41 yards, right? Um, and, and you got to the point where you were at the 12th. And to throw it to Jaden Blue for – I mean, whether he gains a yard or loses a yard, he lost a yard here. But either way, gain two yards. That's a bad play called. Um, and then you throw the, the the second play. You throw the damn thing out of bounds completely. You don't even get. You don't even go high and fast. So at least there's a good chance your receiver's going to come over there. Or it's not, you know. And then yeah. you don't really give him a full on ball to try to go get person. He didn't throw a good ball to at the end of the game. It wasn't a catchable ball. And so those last two plays, I get to live to see one more down, I guess, when you throw it out of bounds, like, you know, at the end of the end zone. But to me, to not throw a ball where the guy at least has a, a chance to go get it in those last two plays very disappointing from uh, Ewers there. Now, the play call, you know, to throw it short, maybe he's just supposed to take a quick look and then go there. I don't know. Maybe I haven't seen the all-22. Maybe someone was open. Um, I would say, I don't know. I, I just did not like those two last passes, though, because he didn't give a, the guys a shot to to win the whole thing. Again, just like with that Bama game, like why the hell are you doing a, a, a halfback dive in overtime when you have run the ball the middle all game? And then why does the quarterback run the ball? Like sometimes, like late game calls can just they can look bad, whether it's well, how it's the not even a call. perform it or this how the coaches perform it, or or, or, or what the quarterback it's chooses a bad to do. Pass, yeah, know? yeah. Or, these are these aren't bad calls. These are bad decisions and bad passes the last two downs. Or I suppose, yeah, you're right. That with calls and just players under pressure and not making the best decisions. Like, like you're right. It was, but kind of combination of everything. Like in those clutch moments, are you going to step up and make a big play, or are you going to just, you know, like well, like you said, give at least give him a chance to catch it. Like that, you know, maybe maybe get a flag, maybe you draw a pi. Who knows? Something. It could be defensive holding. You never know, but. You're right. If your players let you have a chance to even touch the ball, then that is. I I agree, sir. I agree. But those are you know, just bad passes. Yeah, it, I'm not trying to down the kid, but those, those you did not give, you know, your uh, wide receiver a chance. Yeah, give him a fight. Well, and I I concur. I concur. But here we are, Houston Monday. It starts early, so every you know the the rating did get hurt a little bit because on the East Coast the game is over super late. Um, now, well, you know, they they have to do the Rose Bowl at that time because of the sun. And uh, and so that that does suck, um, you know, that it, that it went so late. A lot of people don't have to work that next day, but, a, you know, a fair amount of people still do. East Coast, it was really late. It was 1 a.m. Yeah. You know what I mean? That sounds like a boxing event, you know what I mean? Where Do you're you like, think? Yeah, it's midnight and the guys are just getting in the ring. Go ahead. And this may be a stupid question, but do you think they should have started the Washington Texas game when the Bama one was still going on, or do you think that would just be a, a media disaster 
Like, because I was like, because I'm sure they probably delayed the start of that game for like a half an hour. Do you think they should have said we're gonna start anyways? I don't anyways? think it was a half hour. I think it was Earth. a seventy. I think it was a seven forty five. Wasn't it a seven thirty five or seven forty five start? I think it was Central Time. Oh, it, it was seven thirty, but it didn't start closer to eight. Or my maybe it was my time calculation. No, I think I, I think you're right. They pushed it off a little bit, but okay. Had it kept going, they would have. But either way, if you're if it's twelve thirty five or one o'clock on the east, it's late. You know what I mean? Fair. Yeah, that, that's true. But either way, who gives a shit? It's over. I didn't. I didn't mind. But you know that does hurt the rating. Um, but either yeah. way. Funny enough, Washington's lone national championship game in 1991 is when they beat Michigan to cap an undefeated team or an undefeated season. They actually split the the ones. This is 33 years ago uh, for a share of the title. Here we are. Um, like I said at the beginning, the Pac-12 is going to get the credit. But let's be honest, <laughs> it's got to hurt the SEC right now. To not see an SEC one in the championship, and this is literally a Big Ten game, dude. Like, True. you know, yeah. it basically is. I'm not trying to take any way, anything away. We've been bigging up the Pac-12 all freaking year. We knew it was different. We knew Washington was different. We knew they had the caliber, all that. But it's got to be like, damn, dude, and Oregon and USC, and it's not like UCLA's a, a slough off program. Um, real quick though, I've been on Danny Cannell lately. So Danny no. Cannell, yeah, yeah, yeah. He said, so Penix was pretty much robbed of the Heisman, huh? Okay, but he voted. He didn't vote for him. So what the, f- dude, so you robbed him, you mean? He voted for Daniels. And, cause he admitted he voted for Daniels. And then he comes out, so Penix was robbed, huh? Well, you're part of the robbery. What the fuck is up with this guy? Sorry, I had to get that out. Um, so, uh, Dylan Johnson, we don't know. It didn't look good. It did not look good. That's what we do know. Um, but we'll see where he's at. You know, down the stretch of this season, when you look at when they really started to get going, um, and you can even look at, you know, um, like down the stretch here, let me look. He got his first 100-yard game was against Oregon the first time. Uh, didn't really do much. Really didn't do much. Against, the whole offense didn't do much against ASU. He had eight carries, six. I think he got a little banged up, six yards. But then uh, this is his line since then. Um, eight for 18 for 84 against USC. Sorry, Marshall. 26 carries, 256, four tutties, 9.8 a clip. 23-104 a tutty. Oregon State, they, they, you know, he had that 43-yard run, but they did kind of contain him in general. Um, against Oregon, you know, in the rematch, 152, two touchdowns. Uh, ran hard in this game. Um, didn't really amount to a whole lot. 21 carries, 49 yards. But he had those two touchdowns. So to be able to – anytime you can make, you know, your passing offense mostly – and then you can freaking get a touchdown that easy because both of those were really walk-ins. Um, that's telling you his value. He definitely got better as the season went on, but we don't know where he's at. Um, obviously, a style matchup. You're going to hear this. 
just like it is. That's why, you know, it shows you how long boxing has been around. Styles make fights. It's like a heavyweight fight. They're warming up with jabs. They're going to the body. and Or it's a heavyweight knock, you know, a knock em, sock em robot type thing where they're just going. It's a brawl, you know. Well, everything comes off of boxing when it comes like that. Because, you know, at one True. point it was baseball, boxing, and horse racing ruled uh, sports. Uh, but this is a hell of a matchup, offense against defense. But the defense has improved, and the offense is not as lack of, or as bad as people f- think on the other side. So, um, great matchup on paper. Uh, you know, basically what about four, four and a half um, yeah. is what I'm seeing for the most part. I haven't seen it jump uh, over five. It's fifty-five and a half. Uh, right in that realm as far as the over-under. I'm looking on Fox Sports right now, plus 157 for Washington. Um, I mean, you know, like I said, styles make fights, dude. Old school, new school, but they both have blends of old school and new school. You know, Michigan has, you know, what they can do on offense. They do use some of that. They have a lot of fucking motion. And maybe it is three tight ends running around, you know, switching sides and stuff. But they they are they're tough to figure out, and they 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 do create explosive plays. And obviously, Mister Dime himself and all those wide receivers. I mean, it's a great great matchup. Um, and I'll let you kind of start breaking this thing down because uh, I I'm really excited for this matchup, man. I mean, two undefeated teams. Like I said, we. The SEC's the shit, obviously, but here we are, no SEC in the national championship game, you know, for the first time in a while. I think since Clemson and Ohio State, if I remember correctly. That sounds, yeah, it sounds about right with Bama and Georgia doing what they do. I think Maybe that was 2018. It might be Ole Miss next year, who knows, they, they, they finished here pretty good. Um, I, I, I wonder, I don't think it's before and a half. Like, okay, I, I can see you maybe favoring Michigan, but, like, what have they done to be a four-and-a-half-point favorite? Like, I, just, I I guess if you're comparing just, like, top of the – like, a, a full-body schedule, I know you just beat Bama, but, shit, Texas beat Bama. So, I guess I, my initial thing, just from a point spread perspective, Chris, is maybe Michigan should be minus three. Like – I, I I guess I'm just from a sport betting side. I don't know why they're getting that much love. Like I I think this game could be a coin flip. I think either team can win. But my initial instinct would tell me to bet Washington because what have they done to be a four and a half point dog? But moving on to the game itself, um, I don't think Michigan's seen a team like uh, Washington all year. Like the the Big Ten does not have a. I mean, you could maybe say kind of Ohio State with like Marvin Harrison with that receiver, but he's only one guy and the quarterback. Well, hold on. State. They don't have just one. Let, let's back that up. They don't have just Fleming is a damn good. They don't, they don't have just one uh, wide receiver at Ohio state the okay. last two years too. Cause remember a lot of this defense, especially the secondary is back from having to take on an elite level quarterback. I mind you. Okay. All right. So maybe, I guess I just don't watch them as much as I do. So yeah, all right, so I, I would say this is the best offense they've faced. And Definitely. the wide receivers, because the, the, the argument all year was. And this is the one. best defense they've faced. Yeah, who had the better wide receiver, of course, here Washington or Ohio State? Well, you could argue who's had the better wide receivers, but 
the argument it doesn't matter. They got the back. When, yeah, they got the when you compare, we compare McCord to Penix. That's a whole different story. So this is the best passing offense they've seen all year. So I do think that's obviously an advantage for them. Um, and you have the better quarterback, I would say, in this game. So that offensively, okay. Um, coaching wise, obviously the name and the pedigree of Harbaugh is going to be like more well known. But I mean. I mean, DeBur, I I don't know what more this guy can do. So, like, obviously, we for history, you'd have to lean Harbaugh to have the edge. But for, I mean, DeBoer, like, you came into Washington uh, before you took over. They they were not they were never a hideous program, and they never elite either. So he's kind of brought his system, obviously, with the pieces around him. So I think um, from in a um, coaching perspective, I would say it's a, a slight a, a small edge to Michigan. And defensively, obviously, you got to tip the cap to Michigan there in that situation. So Washington's got a better and offense. by far the best defense they've faced, too. Let's not forget True. about that. True, yes. If I'm going to give credit to Michigan or to Washington's offense, you got to say the same for Michigan's defense. This will be the best defense Pegs has faced all year. I mean, I guess the one prior to this would be um, – I, I, I don't know the analytics in front of me, but it would probably be either like an Oregon or Wa- or Oregon or uh, – Texas, it's the like, best defense yeah. far and away. So, it's the best defense in the land. So it comes down to, and and obviously Houston has a turf field, so it comes down to, you know, is Penix going to throw for 400 yards again? If he does, I like their odds. Or the, will this game be a little bit lower scoring where Michigan uh, wins time of possession and, you know, they have their favorite? And obviously offensively, um, Michigan had their mojo working at times, like the, those little misdirections and linebackers working. Because I would say that Washington's defense is probably on paper a little less better than Bama. So, like, if you were able to it's have a you know, lot less than Bama, than Bama's, dude, don't don't do. They gave up twenty four points a game. It's a lot less than Bama's. It's well, gotten better. It's it, gotten it, it, better. It's improved. But you it's just improved. said on it's been, paper, it's improved. But come on now, it's not okay. the same defense as Bama. So, so yeah, so I, I I really, I think this just leads to a good matchup all the way around of having your strength on strength. Um, and I, you, you got a week for film. So I just think, I think the spread should be like minus two and a half, minus three. Um, but I think from a Washington perspective, keep doing what you've been doing. You, you've had the year where you, you, you start off hot. You kind of went through the rigor there. Quarterback got a little banged up. Like, you've been the underdog for a lot of games. The media kind of hyped you that towards the end of the season in that Oregon Pac-12 game, and even against Texas, you're the dog again. So you can kind of just play into that. Like, you've been doubted for the last month or so of in your last four or five games, and you keep finding ways to win. So they're a hard team to doubt. But if you're Michigan, you beat your arch rival now for the third time in a row. You knocked off Saban, who is the best college football coach around right now. And so, like, I guess I could say, what more do they need to accomplish? So – I think we do have an easy match game, Chris. What is your initial uh, gut say for this matchup? Yeah, it, it's it's. I just think that when you Texas had a pretty good defense, and most of it was their front seven. True. Stopping the run and whatnot, and, and some of the athletes and, and the, the the pressures they usually got were from the inside. That's where their best guys are. They don't necessarily. They weren't able to scheme up a bunch of pressure, although they were they weren't getting home, but they they got they put some pressure on it because he maneuvered in the pocket. They didn't have a bunch of free guys coming or not a, not like you can have multiple free guys on a play, 
but throughout the game, they didn't have a bunch of free guys that they were able to, you know, freaking send an atom to where you got to get rid of the ball now. You know, we have seen that against Oregon State and some of these other teams where that that's it. And you got to pressure him from the edges, too. Up the gut, he's going to see it or maneuver or something. And he's still probably going to try to remove, you know, maneuver and all that. I'm not saying you can't really get Penix six times or whatever. Um, but I think the reason why they weren't able to create pressure is because their secondary had major issues coming into the game. And so they couldn't leave them out there. Michigan, you know, is the much better in the secondary. And like I said, four out of the top five players that play for Michigan um, all were here last year, too. And so this defense, like I said, Ohio State offensively because their quarterback wasn't as good. That is for sure. The year before, though, I'd probably say that quarterback's pretty good. Can we agree on that? Yes. Pretty decent. But right? yeah, he's, he's, he's yeah. currently tearing up the fucking league, right? <laughs> it's right? amazing and, they didn't win at all. Yeah. And, and they're a point away. And that's why yeah. I say don't give up on day. They've been to a, a national championship against Clemson, and they were a Harrison injury away from winning the whole chip last year. So don't give up on day just yet. Um, but the sure. whole point is, Two years ago, it was just as deep, and they had 2,000-yard receivers as well. Uh, and I say that, I know this year, that, that, but the defense, there's a lot of returning guys on that defense, and all these coaches are here. So there is some of that next year, this year, the next year. I'm not trying to go too far with that, but they have seen something like this is my point. Not this year, not this year, I'll give you that. But they have, and they've been able to contain it enough, at least win those games, even though the quarterback goes off. Now, if, if it goes off for 400 yards, that would have to be like a, maybe a three overtimes and some of that yards comes from that or something like that. You know what I mean? Then it'd be like, okay. Um, but the thing I'll say about it, defensively they give up 24 points compared to 10. So that is now the flip side of that. Obviously, you get more offenses in the Pac-12, but when you flip it on the deep offensive side, they give up or they Washington puts up 37, almost 38 points a game. Well, you know Michigan puts up 36. There's better defenses on average in the Big Ten. There's better offenses on average in the Pac-12. I think that's a fair thing. Um, you know what I mean? Uh, and and they do give up a sizable amount of run. Um, that's what happens on Washington. And if you give that to Michigan, they're going to do different stuff with it. Uh, it's going to help them more. It's going to help their defense. They're going to pin their ears. They got better. They can get after the quarterback. And another thing about the offense with Michigan, this is where I, I think people are kind of just looking at the stats. Um and, they, you know, Johnson and a couple other corners are, are pretty damn good, and they trust them enough to make some plays back, right? Um, both of them have proven that they can win close games. Uh, but here's what's crazy. Huskers are, Huskies are the first team to play nine straight games decided by ten points or fewer with all of them in the D1 since 1973. Um, five straight 
now with five or seven points or less, right? If you look at what Oregon State was able to do uh, running the ball, huge, huge number there. And they Oregon State's got a very solid defense, very solid. It's not Michigan's, though. It is not Michigan's. And they could pass the ball a little bit better. Obviously, DJU could run the ball better, um, you know, as a quarterback than J.J., J.J. didn't have his best game. He's going to have to have a league game. But when you look at efficiency, just to get my back my point, I'll swing it back to you. When you look at efficiency, though, when you look at um, third down percentage, they're right by each other. They are right by each other in offense. When you look at – if you look at who's fumbled the ball more, it's a considerable amount more, like – Michigan is like, I think, fourth or fifth least fumbles in the country. Something like that. Oh, they're tied for third. They're tied for third. Um, they've only lost two fumbles in the whole, for the whole year. If you look at Washington, um, they're 58. They've lost seven and they put 17 on the ground compared to eight. Um, so we gotta measure all this stuff. They're right. When you look at Washington, they're right by each other when it comes to third down conversion and efficiency and all that. So they do it a different way. They do it in a different way. And, of course, Washington has the better offense. But it comes down to who's going to have the better offense, Michigan, or who's going to have the better defense, right? Because we know the strengths are defense and offense. Well, who's going to be able to do enough on their, quote, unquote, weaker point? And I guess to that, um, it would be, I really thought that Bama did a pretty damn good job of actually stopping Michigan's ground game. Um, I didn't think Corum really did shit at all. Now, they had some long plays, but those were kind of like on those like quick passes. I know he had the one runner OT, but those were really, Michigan had like some big plays based off like some like motion offense. The ground game really didn't excel like I thought it would. I do think that there probably will be a better chance for Michigan's ground game to use Corum and, and let him maybe showcase the skill set he has against Washington. Um, again, I know that we've kind of been back and forth on giving Bama props or ripping Bama, but I do think they probably have a better front seven than Washington. So I would expect Michigan to run the ball more than you saw against Bama. And that would also be beneficial too, because that keeps Penix off the field. Like the fact that Washington had 36 minutes of possession and he's still through for 400 yards, it's kind of hard to fathom. Like, normally if a quarterback throws for that many yards, Chris, that means you're going to lose time in possession battle. But if Washington can have the three to 400-yard pass game again and rush the ball enough, that, that's a hell of a combination. I don't think they can lose in a game like that. So I'd expect, like, if you're playing props or just I, – I just think the game flow in general. If you're Michigan, run the ball a bit more if you can, and – I think that keeps Pex on the field. I think that increases your odds of winning. So I would expect a much better performance, from my perspective, of Quorum to run the ball and run it more effectively um, at the line of scrimmage and then use your motion plays when you can effectively because I'm sure those probably would work for another game as well. Well, I mean, he ran at 4.4 a clip and had a, a big touchdown. I wouldn't say he didn't really do shit. Um, I, and, and Alabama's defense is, is better. By yeah. a fair amount over Washington. True. Washington's gotten better, but I there's go back and look at the numbers against Oregon State, dude. 
because that's the closest thing you're going to find to what they're going to face, you know. Because you yeah. can't really do and, that and with US, Utah this year. And you know, USC ran them on field, too. You're right. So they're good. If, if, it's basically like, you know, who's going to get is, – is Michigan going to get over 200 yards rushing, or is they – is Washington going to get 400 yards fast? You know what I mean? That's yeah, kind of like who gets there first is probably going to win the game. Now, obviously, that's where that's why I brought up the fumbles. That's why I brought up efficiency and stuff like that. Michigan's, I think Michigan's offense is better than the defense of Washington, and is you you said it right, keeping the ball, you know, keeping the the. The, the, the time of possession that that and it does go both ways because if they can just grind it down and have ten to twelve play drives, you keep that high juggernaut dime throwing deep ass and they were the deepest. Now that we're here, they were the the deepest. Uh, uh, I agree, they are the deepest uh, wide receiver bunch. But like I said, it does sure help having not just game tape or something. They played them and beat them. With a stud quarterback, not this year, I know that, but they, a lot of that secondary's back. Well, and then I guess the last point I'll make on this to wrap uh, as we wrap up is the fact that special teams, Michigan, your special teams all almost completely hosed you in the last game. If you have that many mistakes, I was, which was I was a super big surprise because they're usually tight. I, I, that was like, oh, they're choking. I, I don't and I shouldn't say I don't, but I think it would be it would be very difficult to win another what should be a pretty close contested game if you have that many super it's not super if you have that many special team gaffes like it almost bit you in the ass you you skated by the grace of God from a special teams perspective so I do think that that's and I don't know like Washington's I don't know where their analytics are for their special teams but if you're Michigan you have to, you can't be muffing punts can't be shanking field goals like. I don't like you would assume they wouldn't happen again, but who knows? Like weird stuff happens. So from a special sure. team standpoint, like a lot of times that can flip the game and, and literally if that ball bounces further, that's a safety. Like, so just you would hope it's better, but I, who knows? Uh, but I, th- that's obviously another part of the game that can determine it. Cause we've broke down the Michigan running game, Michigan's elite defense, Washington's defense, which needs to improve. Penix is a stud. Special teams, though, like that is a lot of times, a lot of times people forget about that. That can flip the game. And hell, that, I, I, I um, those two fumbles, or at least that one fumble, changed the game to where they, they, they had now all of a sudden not just had to keep pace, but they were down two scores. And when you get down two scores in a, in a shootout, that usually means you're screwed because you, you got to keep pace with these mother uppers. You know what I mean? And so Amen. that played it in two, and they weren't able to. They were at a buck eighty in rushing yards. If they didn't turn those two balls over, maybe they're over two hundred. That's a different game. Fair. So I guess with that said, it's a great match. It is. I'm gonna if I I would take Washington plus four and a half. I do think it. I could see them being down seven or down ten. Penix driving for a late touchdown. Um, I do think that Michigan ground game will be effective, and that will. Again, I, I just – that's the first thing jumping out of my head is Michigan's going to be able to run the ball. That keeps Penks on the sideline, so when Penks is out there, he's going to have to sling it. So I will take Washington to cover, and I know I've picked them all year, but if I had to give an honest pick, I would take Michigan to win, like, by a field goal. So I'd have, like, my 
final score would be like 35-32 Michigan. I hope I'm wrong, but if I did my honest truth, I think Michigan wins the game. It's a close one. I got Michigan winning it. I do have that plus 190 right after the Ohio State game that I'm hoping cashes. There you go. uh, But I I think I may – that four and a half is is very tasty. Um, So I may buy a point or something. But, yeah, I, I think I'm right there with you. Uh, I think the I think it, it probably will be a little closer, but I I got Michigan winning the ball game. And on that note, we will be breaking down the national title game uh, next week, and then man, college basketball. That's also already that that's going to be a fun year. I just it's 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 yeah, wide we open. call it the college ball show because we're college ball football then basketball. Good reminder there. And, and college basketball, they, they, this year I, I've seen lots of good teams. <laughs> I, I already got my uh, Final Four prediction, which I shouldn't give because every time I make Final Four predictions for those teams, they never make it. So, I don't know. Maybe, maybe this year I'll finally hit one of those bets. We'll see. But until then, enjoy the National Talent Game on Monday. It should be a damn good one as we just broke down. We appreciate your, We appreciate your support. We love you. The boys are out this afternoon. Have a good night. Peace.